At Exposure Ninja, we've written hundreds, if not thousands of pages of content for clients that we've got ranked position one on Google, including in some of the world's most competitive markets. So in this episode today, I'm going to share our process with you. But spoiler alert, the actual writing bit is only one part of the process. The good news is the rest of the stuff is pretty simple. And we're going to talk through an example as well to make it feel a bit more real and a little bit less theoretical. As always, you can watch a video version of this on our YouTube channel. Let's do this. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm CEO of Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency helping our clients get more leads and sales from their website. And that is exactly what today's episode is about. We're going to look at how to write content that ranks position one on Google. Now, before we get started with the process, you have four types of content that you might want to rank in position one. Firstly, homepage. The homepage on your website is the sort of page that you'd want to get ranked for key head terms. These are going to be the broadest terms that are relevant to your business. Terms like maybe car insurance, if you're a business that sells car insurance, accountants, if you're an accountancy firm, CT scanner manufacturers, if you manufacture CT scanners, whatever. These are the terms that broadly refer to your business. The next time that you're going to want to rank content at the top of Google is on your sub pages. So if you're a service company, these will be the service pages that are designed to give information about each of the individual services that you're offering. If you're an e-commerce business, then your main sub pages are going to be your product category pages, the pages that list all of the products in a particular category. Now, ranking your homepage and ranking your sub pages, this is the most profitable SEO activity that you can do because the sorts of phrases that these sorts of pages rank for are high commercial intent. These are people that are looking to make a purchase. They're in that stage of the funnel, they're in that stage of their buyer journey, and they're looking to make a purchase. So that's awesome. You also might want to rank content on your pure content pages. So this is stuff like your blog, your knowledge base, your content hub, the articles on your website, basically. Ranking these in position one can, you, can bring you a huge volume of traffic. If it's informational, if it's further up in the funnel, you might need to convert it in a different way, but the search volumes here can be ginormous. The final type of content that you might want to rank are pages on other people's websites. Let's say that you have a blog on Medium, or you guest post on Entrepreneur, or you've been featured in a trade journal or interviewed somewhere. You might want to rank those pages as well to give you credibility or open you up to new audiences that maybe wouldn't be searching for commercial terms in your industry. So the same approach works for all these four different types of ranking content, but with some slight tweaks, which we'll cover as we go, because there are important distinctions based on the intent of each of these different types of keyword. Okay, on the topic of keywords, before we start writing anything, to rank at position one on Google, we need to know which keywords we actually want to rank it for. So we need to talk through keyword research. Now we've got other videos and other podcasts which have talked about keyword research. So I'm going to go through this section fairly quickly and in fairly kind of top level detail for those who are already familiar with our stuff on this topic. But we need to choose some relevant keywords that we want to rank for. Now three categories, or sorry, three criteria for the keywords that you're going to be targeting in your content. 
Firstly, they need to be relevant for your business. Obviously, if somebody's searching for a phrase and they find your website and they're not even in the market for what you sell, that's basically a pointless exercise, right? Need to be relevant for your business. Secondly, they need to have high enough search volume that you'll actually get traffic if you rank for them. There is no point winning a battle with absolutely no prize. If you're ranking top of Google for a phrase that nobody's searching for, you may as well not have bothered doing any of that stuff anyway. And then thirdly, they need to have the right commercial intent. I Preferably, there'd be a customer or a lead or somebody who's at the start of their buying journey uh, that's coming onto the site. If it's just pure information, like what's the time, unless you're an ad-driven business, then it's pointless ranking for that type of stuff. So let's do an example together. And um, let's say that I've just joined a company as marketing manager. The business offers outsourced HR support and consultancy. Now, our website sucks. The ranking's terrible. So I'm really keen to solve this and stamp my mark on this. Now, the CEO of the business, who obviously knows nothing about digital marketing, right, says that they, because they're an HR business, an HR outsourcing company, they want to rank position one for HR. Now, Most of us as marketers, we would know that trying to rank position one for a term as broad as HR is pointless at best. So the first thing I would do is stick this keyword into SEMrush or whatever SEO tool you're using. You can get a free trial of SEMrush at thankyouninjas.com, by the way. Now, when I stick the word HR into SEMrush and I set my location for being the UK, because that's where my fictional HR outsourcing business is located. So much gives me a whole bunch of information. Before I even go through that information, though, I need to think about my three criteria, relevant to my business, high enough search volume that it's meaningful, and have the right commercial intent. Now that someone who searches for the word HR is probably unlikely to be in the buyer journey for outsourcing their HR services. Why? Because someone searching for HR, that's like searching for car and expecting to sell them a BMW, right? If I'm searching for HR, the chances are I don't even know what it means, or I'm searching for very broadly for information about this topic. So it's unlikely that the commercial intent is very high. We see this played out in the data in SEMrush. So SEMrush, for example, shows us that the search volume on this term is 22,200 searches per month. Well, that's decent search volume, a lot of people searching for that phrase. But we can see that the cost per click to advertise against this phrase is only £1.80, which is about $2.30 for our friends over in the States, or about, I don't know, two euros for, for folks in Europe. So that's not very high, considering there are so many businesses that sell HR stuff. That tells me that this is a low commercial intent phrase. We, all co- we can also see that the keyword difficulty is ranked at 82%, hard. So what this would do, right, what this means, if we're going to spend our time ranking for HR, firstly, we've got a low likelihood of being able to do it because it's a very difficult term to rank. Secondly, yes, we might get some traffic if we can rank position one, but it's a very big if. But thirdly, we're unlikely to get much business from this because there's low commercial intent. So in this situation, we go back to our CEO and say, take a seat not worth trying to rank for HR. I will go crazy, you will go crazy, waiting for that to happen. So instead, we might look at a more niche keyword. We might go a bit longer tail. Now, we're offering outsourced HR support, so maybe we might want to target a phrase like outsourced HR support. So again, I'd throw this into SEMrush and see what the data says. Someone searching for outsourced HR support isn't just you know casually flicking through Google while they're watching Love Island, right? This is someone who obviously has a need. But the trouble is there's very low search volume for this term. SEMrush tells us 10 searches per month. 
So we're not going to take 10 to be the exact number of searches per month because it's going to be an estimate, but we know that it's going to be between like zero and a thousand or zero and a hundred in all likelihood. So relatively low search volume for this term. However, we can see that the cost per click for advertising against this term is high, $24.55, which is about what, 20 pounds maybe, um, 20 euros in that sort of region, right? It's approximately the same. <laughs> Give or take a little bit of inflation here or there. Uh, but um, right, so we know that whilst not many people are searching for this, lots of businesses seem to think that this is a valuable term to advertise for. That tells us that either they're just throwing money at the wall, or for the few people who are searching for this term, they turn out to be very profitable. So whilst we might not want to make a low search volume, high commercial intent, our primary target keyword for the page of content that we're going to be writing, we might want to take it into consideration and make sure that we're doing enough on our page to rank for this term anyway, knowing that it's going to be relatively low difficulty. So that's not the main keyword term that we're going to target either. So we've tried HR, we've tried outsourced HR support. What next? Well, why don't we try something that goes between them? So not as high volume, not as broad as HR, but not as long tail as outsourced HR support. What about outsourced HR? Bingo! We've got 590 searches per month in the UK, which is all right if you're a small business and you know, that's the, uh, or, or there's high value for each of the searches, which there would be in this case. And you're just thinking of writing one page of content. That is a reasonable search volume to target. We can see that there is 56% keyword difficulty. So it's a difficult phrase to rank for, but not impossible. We're absolute beasts. So we're going to be fine there. We've got a cost per click of $16.73. So there's still some healthy commercial intent that tells us people are making money advertising for this outsourced HR phrase. So if we can rank our content organically, we are going to make some money from this term. We have our main target phrase. So once we've got this, once we've got a main target phrase, and we might have picked up some other related keywords during our research, like outsourced HR support in this case, the next thing that we're going to do is do some competitor analysis. We're going to throw this keyword into Google, and we're just going to see what sorts of things are ranking. Now, the first thing that we notice when we do this search we got some Google ads at the top and all of these Google ads are using this phrase in their titles. That tells us that the advertisers have also identified this phrase is an important one to target. That gives us reassurance. They're either all stupid and copying each other or they've figured something out. And at $16.73 per click, I am hoping to God that they have figured something out and they're not all just copying each other into a crescendo of idiocy. We can also see the organic search results. We can see that people are using outsourced HR in their page titles, which tells us again that this keyword is a good one to target. So the next thing that I would do if I'm doing my competitor analysis for this term is I would open the different sites that are ranking organically and have a look at the content on these pages. Now I'm really looking for Firstly, the types of pages that are ranking. If it's a home page that's ranking, why isn't their service or their product category page ranking? Why isn't it a sub page that's ranking, which has been optimized for that term? Is the sub page suboptimal? Is it too short? Is it not detailed enough? I'm also looking for the length of the content on each of these pages as well. If it's really long, really detailed, I know that when I write my content, I need to make sure that it's also really long and really detailed. I'm looking for the subtopics on these pages. So are they using headings and subheadings to break this topic down into subtopics? 
are they using images and videos on these pages to make them interesting and engaging, or is it just a block of text? During this process, I'm going to start making notes about some of my observations. And as I'm looking through each of these competitors, I'm thinking, what can I do to nail this? What can I do to crush this competitor into the ground and show Google a page which is so superior to this that it has no choice but to rank me? Okay, that's the slightly aggressive <laughs> approach I'm taking as I'm looking through these perfectly innocent websites that committed the cardinal sin of ranking on Google. So I'm making my notes. Now, when I do this for my fictional HR consultancy outsourced company, um, I realized that I could make a more interesting page than any of the ones that are ranking by adding in pictures, adding in videos, making it a little bit more engaging. I noticed that a lot of the pages that are ranking for this term are really long, really in-depth information guides, and some of them have a bit of commercial intent as well but no one has written a really long information guide type page that also has commercial intent. So that would be the sort of angle that I would take catering for both of those audiences. So a bit of commercial intent, I'd use my target keyword in my top heading. When, I, uh, when someone lands on the page, I'd have a call to action that nice and quickly converts them if they're ready to take a next step with me. I'd have plenty of information about my service. And then I would also have lots of information about outsourcing HR, how it works, what's involved, what's the process, what are the pros, cons, what are the FAQs. So I get all of this insight from looking at the best of all of my competitors, amalgamating this and taking it up another notch. Now the next thing I need to do before I start writing is to think about my target audience. It's really easy to dismiss this stage as, yeah, yeah, I know my target audience is fine, I'm just going to write for them. But I would caution you to pause. It's so easy to overestimate our target audience's level of expertise, for example. So in this example where we're talking about outsourced HR, how much does the target audience actually understand about HR? Do they use HR jargon or are they more kind of entry level? Are they new to this? Have they made this decision before? This is going to shape the language that I'm using in my content. It's also going to shape some of the frequently asked questions that I might be answering as well. If they're asking basic questions like, how much does outsourced HR cost? Well, I need to make sure my page is optimized for that. Whereas if someone is coming onto this page thinking, you know, can I get my outsourced HR company to follow this particular HR framework? Well, that shows that it's a much more advanced type of customer. So I need to make sure my content is written for that type of person. So it's really important we understand the level of expertise. It's also important to understand our target audience's pain points and motivations. Why do they need this issue resolved? Do they need this outsourced HR issue resolved, for example, because their team are leaving, because they need to have massive redundancies and they're terrified about the blowback? Do they need to do this because they're really stressed and really overworked? Knowing their pain points means that you can write the content and you can use images on that page that reflects their pain back to them. This is a great way to resonate with them and give them that feeling that you understand what they're going through. Likewise, their motivations. Why are they doing this? What's the end goal that they're looking for? Do they want to outsource their HR so that they can improve their profitability to improve whatever about their business and reinvest it and grow? Do they want to outsource their HR because they never want to think about it again and they just want to get on with running the business? So understanding their pain and motivation allows you to align the content on your page 
with what's going on in their head, which is really the name of the game. Finally, before we leave this target audience section, what sorts of call to action are your audience most likely to respond to? Are they likely to respond to a high commitment call to action, which encourages them to book a consultation with you or even get started or purchase immediately? Or are they going to need a much softer, gentler call to action, which eases them into your world by signing up for a free guide or downloading an outsourcing HR checklist or something like that. And by the way, exactly the same for e-commerce stores. Are people ready to make a purchase or do they want to sign up for a discount code on their first order? Or do they want to sign up for some product comparison thing that you're running? We got to meet our audience where they are based on the intent and where they are in their buyer journey. If we show them a call to action that's appropriate to the stage in the marketing funnel that they're at, we are going to increase our conversion rate and get the most traction. Now, the final step before we start any writing, and look how much work we've already done before we even start writing. This is why this process is so important, because if you just start writing, you've ignored all this other stuff, and the chance of ranking at the top of Google is very, very slim. The final step before we start writing is we will always create an outline. Now, in the video version of this, I show you an outline that we've used for a page of content on the Exposure Ninja website. So I'm going to talk you through it here. Before we do that, though, the reason that we make an outline is because it helps us to think about the logical progression of our page. If we just start with a blank doc and you just start writing, or worse still, you just go into your, you know, your website editor, your WordPress backend, your Shopify backend, and you just start typing, it's very unlikely that you're going to create a scannable, rankable page. It just doesn't happen. So you need to think about your outline first. And when we're designing our outline, of course, we're designing it for search, but we're also designing it for the visitor. So we'll start with our main headline, our H1 headline. This will be the keyword that we're targeting, something descriptive which makes sense and appeals to people. We're looking for that instant feeling that, ah, I'm in the right place. This headline makes sense to me. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Boom, I'm here. Then we'll use H2 headlines further down the page. And these will be used as kind of signposts to help people find the information that's most relevant to them. Uh, in the example I show you in the video, it's a, uh, uh, an ExposureNinja.com page all about Microsoft Ads, our Microsoft ad service that we run for clients. So the H1 heading is Microsoft Ads Management Service. That's the main phrase that we're targeting. The H2 says Professional Microsoft Ad Campaign Management from a trusted Microsoft partner. And then we've got H3 ads, uh, H3 headings underneath that, which kind of break down the service, explain how it works. Then we've even got H4s underneath some of those H3s, which talks about the different stages in a campaign. So what we're really looking to do here is break this topic down into a logical order that the visitor can scan through to find the stuff that's right for them. People obviously don't just read a web page from start to finish like they're reading a book. They're looking for the signposts that answer their specific questions so they can get the information that they need and then they can move on to take an action. One of the challenges that people have when they're writing a page is coming up with enough information. You know, when you start thinking about outsourced HR, and I could challenge you now, how much could you write about outsourced HR if you had two hours to do it? Well, I would imagine that most people would struggle once they've written sort of three or 400 words. Because what they're thinking about is that topic as a whole. But actually, the key to writing a great page of content is to break this topic down into subtopics. So our headline topic might be outsourced HR, but we might have subtopics, which would be things like, why do people outsource their HR? 
what is a good stage of company growth to outsource your HR? What are some of the mistakes people make? Outsourced HR versus in-housing HR. What's the process that you go through with outsourced HR? How much does outsourced HR cost? How does it work? All of these, you might be able to write two, three, four hundred words on, and by stacking them up in a page, you not only create a really long page with loads of content that Google can rank and understand that you're an expert in this area, but you also give people all of the answers to the possible questions that they might have. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to outline our content first. You're going to include where you're going to put your calls to action and all of that before we start writing anything. Now, before we get into the writing aspect, I want to give you some free help with your digital marketing. I've actually got two things for you. If you're looking for progress with your SEO, you're feeling a bit stuck, your site's not getting the ranking improvements that you need, or you just want more leads and sales from your site and SEO seems like a good place to start, you can get a free copy of our best-selling book, How to Get to the Top of Google. This shows you everything, how to get to the top of Google. It literally breaks down our entire process. It's one of the best-selling SEO books in the world, and it's helped hundreds of people improve their website's ranking on Google. You can get a free copy. You can either go to Amazon and buy it. You can get it on Kindle, audio, or paperback, or you can get a free copy. There'll be a link in the podcast description for you to download a version. Awesome. Second piece of free help. If you want one of us, Exposure Ninja, to take a look at your website and give you some specific suggestions on how to improve your ranking and get more sales and leads from your site, then we have the free website and marketing review. All you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. Tell us a bit of information about your business, your goals, and your competitors. One of our team will record a 15 minute video for you showing you how to generate more traffic leads and sales from your site specifically. This is totally bespoke. This isn't like a, you know, we don't just send you a generic video and say, watch this. This is somebody walking through on the screen on your website showing you the tweaks and improvements to make. It's an incredible service and it's totally free. So all you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review today. Okay, on with writing content that ranks at the top of Google. Once we've got our outline, we've understood our target audience, we've done our competitor research, we've found our keywords, now it's time to get writing. Now, if you've done a great job of all the preceding bits, then the writing bit is actually relatively straightforward. You are just going to flesh out each of the areas in your plan. So you might have a headline, you're going to just flesh out what the content would be under that headline. The question people often have is, how much should I write on my page? There is no right answer in terms of like, you need 400 words. For, oh, sorry, I hate the use of in terms of, so I'm really sorry I used it there. But there's no right answer where I can say you're going to write 400, 500, 600 words a copy. The real answer for how much you should write on your website is imagine your best salesperson talking to your best customer. How much information would they give that customer? They wouldn't give them so much that they get bored, turn off, fall asleep, or start thinking about how hungry they are, but they wouldn't give them so little that they, they were left with loads of unanswered questions. Your best salespeople will have refined their pitch over time. They will know how much info they need to give their customers in order to get them to the next stage. So let that be your guide when you're thinking about how much to write on your site. Another thing I would, another piece of advice I would give you with the writing side is it's impossible to edit proof your own work. I found this out the hard way. The first edition of the Google book was dreadful. People literally used to email me 
lists of uh, fixes, spelling and grammar mistakes with the book. I got loads of Amazon reviews, people saying, why has this person even written a book? I was like, what? I proofread it myself. But yeah, it turns out that's not really a thing. Um, luckily, the audience kind of proofread it for me and I just went in and put in, all the, uh, put in all the problems they flagged and off we went. But yeah, you really can't proofread your own work. So we, at Explosion Ninja, when we're writing anything, we send it through our editorial team. They check it to make sure it's perfect before it goes live. And you need to do this too, because you don't want to publish. Obviously, you don't want to publish rubbish content on your site. It's not good for your credibility, but it's also very difficult for Google to justify ranking content that has spelling and grammar mistakes as well. While we're in the writing phase, we will also do things like including internal links. So we will find keywords or phrases in our content that we're doing, uh, that we're writing, and we will link out to other pages on our site. The reason we're doing this is to take people, if they're interested in that topic, to more information about that topic. So this helps to increase the engagement with people on your site. What you really want is someone coming onto your page because they've read some high ranking thing and then spending as much time as they need to on your site until they come out with the logical conclusion that they need to do business with you. So internal linking is a really important part of that. We'll also add metadata. So metadata is your page title and your meta description. We've got videos and other podcasts all about that, which we'll link in the description of this podcast episode. But when we're having a look through the Google search results, we will be also analyzing which page titles are people using and what's the meta description that they're using to get people to click on their pages. We'll write the page title and meta description at the same time as we're doing the copy for the page because we're in the right frame of mind. And sometimes we'll even write it at the start because what that then does is that focuses us on what does the audience really want to see? This is a little bit like when you're designing a new product, sometimes it's a good idea to write the ad before you design the product or the service because then it focuses you on what do we need to deliver to people in order to have them buy. So by writing your page title and your meta description at the start, what you're thinking about is what are the answers that people need to this question? What do they really want when they type in this search? And by writing the title and meta description, you then have a kind of goal that you're aiming for with your content. You want to fulfill this promise that you've made in your page title and your meta so that you're writing a piece of content that really does a good job for them and, and is most likely to get their engagement. So write the meta at the same time. We've got other stuff, other um, tutorials and web guides and all sorts of stuff on page titles and meta. So we're not going to go into it in any more detail. The next thing we'll do is add images, videos and resources. So this is designed to keep people on the page longer and also make the page a little bit less intimidating. You've been through it yourself, right? You, you're searching for information on a topic, you open a page, and what you get is something that doesn't have headings, it doesn't have subheadings, it's just like a wall of text. And it just looks so boring and so dry that you cannot stay on the page. Even if the content is good, it just feels fatiguing, doesn't it? We used to TikTok and Instagram, like picture text, picture text. It looks really engaging. It's really bright. It's easy to read. It kind of keeps us satisfied and keeps us hooked. We need to design for that on our website. So you need to include images in your copy if you can. And if you can, make sure that these are your own images rather than stock images. Of course, a stock image is better than no image, but if possible, try and choose something that doesn't look totally generic. I'd also consider making a video for each page on your site as well. Now, 
Some people just dismiss the idea of video because it's hard and you need stuff and it might feel a little bit weird presenting on video or talking or whatever. But actually video can be a really powerful tool if you've got a competitive page that you want to rank. Two reasons. Firstly, when people land on that page, some people just don't like reading it. Some people will click on a video, which basically explains the same thing, and they can either listen to it or they can watch it. So it works for people, whatever their kind of learning uh, profile is. But the second reason that adding video to your pages can be good is not only does it give you another shot at ranking in Google, because if you're publishing your video on YouTube, you can get it ranked on Google as well. But also if someone then searches on YouTube, you've got a shot of ranking that video on YouTube too. So it can be a great way of expanding your visibility for these keywords that you're targeting, not only on Google, because you've got two shots at ranking for that, but also on YouTube as well. And increasingly, we're seeing a lot of people who are in the research phase of a purchase going onto YouTube and actually starting their search there because there is now so much info on YouTube and they can see demos and all that type of stuff. That's why we put so much energy into our videos at Exposure Ninja. So uh, go to YouTube and just search for Exposure Ninja and you'll see. Um, they literally lock me in a cage and beat me until I've made hundreds and hundreds of videos and here we are. <laughs> okay, so you've got, your, uh, you've got your article written, you've got your meta, you've got your images and your videos and any links to external resources that you've got. Now it's time to publish the content on your site, hallelujah. The next thing you're going to do is think about backlinks and internal links. So you've already done some internal links where you've linked from the content that you've written to other pages on your site. You now need to go and find other logical pages on your site to link into your new content. Okay, so I've just written my page on outsourced HR. I'm now going to go onto my blog and I'm going to have a look to see if I've got any blog posts which would make a logical place for an internal link to my new page. Now I found a blog post that our company wrote years ago called Outsourced HR versus In-House HR. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to include a link where it says Outsourced HR. I'm going to include a link through to my new content page. This is really helpful because if someone comes across a blog and they want more information about that service that you offer, they then come through to that service page, which is going to be much more focused on turning them into an actual lead. So it works for that level of commercial intent. But it also shows Google that this page is relevant for the phrase outsourced HR. You're also going to think about backlinks. Now, driving backlinks to like inner pages on your site, subpages on your site, isn't always the easiest thing to do, but it should absolutely be a focus of yours. For this type of business we're talking about here with the, uh, you know, the demo HR company, it's a B2B service company. So the sorts of links that we might be thinking about will be, you know, trade publications, blog sites and magazines all about HR and business management. We might also target some top tier publications, which are a little bit more business focused, like Forbes and stuff like that. Again, we've got other podcasts and videos all about link building. So I'm not going to go into much more detail on this. Otherwise, we end up having the same ground covered over and over again. But you need backlinks to your internal pages if they're competing in really uh, competitive spaces. Okay, so you've written your article, you've got it on your site, you've written your content, you've got it on your site, happy days, you've got some links as well. You might be tempted to then just tick this off your to-do list and never think about it again. Most people do. Here's the extra bonus point task which will really take things to another level. Once your page is live, watch your stats. There's two main places I would watch the stats in. Firstly, Search Console. With Google Search Console, you can put the URL of your page into Search Console 
and you can see what your click-through rate from search does over time. So you can see, for example, if your average position on Google is increasing because you've uploaded your new content, and if your click-through rate from search is also increasing. If both of these things are happening, happy days. If your click-through rate maybe isn't as high as you would like, it never is, but <laughs> if your click-through rate, it looks particularly low compared to other pages on your site, this can sometimes be an indication that you need to tweak your page title and your meta description to make them a bit more compelling in order to rank for this search term. So you're gonna keep an eye on Google Search Console to see how your page is performing in ranking and what its average ranking is. You can also see using the queries tab, which phrases people are searching for, which is bringing up your page and its average position for each of those phrases. If you wanna see the video where I show you an example, then head over to our YouTube channel. But you're also going to want to look in Google Analytics because it's no good writing a page of content, getting all the links to it and everything, getting it ranked at the top of Google. If that page isn't bringing you leads and actually making you money, generating revenue, really the whole thing is pointless. All you're doing, you know, you could rank at the top of Google for the word Google. If that's not your business, it doesn't generate you any, you know, any revenue, then all you're going to get from that is a massive hosting bill. So we need to make sure we're monetizing this traffic either directly through a, a, you know, a commercial CTA like buying a product or kind of step one where we're generating a lead or we're generating some sort of sign up. So the best place to do this obviously is Google Analytics. So inside Google Analytics under behavior, under site content, you're gonna go landing pages. You can then find the landing page that you've just written and you can monitor to see how much traffic is actually bringing you. So by filtering by landing pages, you're looking at the number of people that have come onto your site through this page. Of course, the most important metric, there's loads of stuff in there. You know, you could look at your bounce rate to make sure that the content is interesting enough to stop people from just exiting the site. You can look at your average session duration to make sure that people are hanging around, reading through the content. You could look at your pages per session to make sure that people are finding other pages on your site. But the most important metric is the conversions how many conversions, how many goal completions you're getting from this page. So one of the things to think about here, if your conversion rate is particularly low, you're not generating many conversions from this page, is the call to action that you're offering people at the right stage for them in their buyer journey. Let's say that my outsourced HR uh, page, I've got a call to action, which is start outsourcing your HR today. Well, that's going to be way too high commitment, isn't it? No one's going to do that just from searching outsourced HR. They're going to want something that's a little softer, a little gentler. So if your conversion rate is low, it might be that your content is rubbish, unlikely. It might be that you haven't seeded your call to action throughout your content. So always kind of mentioning it, linking to it, or it might just be that your call to action is pitched at the wrong place in the buyer journey. So there you have it. There's the process of writing content that ranks at the top of Google. We've looked at a whole bunch of stuff. We started with keyword research way back. <laughs> then we had a look at competitor research. We had to think about your target audience and where they're at, what their pains, what their motivations are. Then we wrote an outline which broke down the different stages of our content and helped us to signpost so that people who are scanning the page can get what they need. We then talked about writing it, adding the meta, adding images, videos, and resources. We talked about backlinks and internal links. And then we talked about watching over time to see how the site and how the page improves in ranking 
and also traffic and conversions. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Leave us a review as well. We absolutely love reading them. Don't forget that you can download a free copy of How to Get to the Top of Google from the description in this podcast episode. And you can also request your free website and marketing review also from the description, or you can go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. Until next week, see you soon.